1: Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the AfterBuzz TV After Show for USA's Graceland. This is Season 2, Episode 12, entitled Echoes. I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux, joined here today by my co-host, Stephanie Georgi, of course. And guys, we have a special, very special guest that, honestly, I did not think we'd manage to get in here (laughs) this season. But spur the moment randomness, we met him. He was a nice guy. Very spur of the moment, decided he could come in yesterday, and I was super excited about that. Guys, we have the showrunner from White Collar, and the showrunner and creator of Graceland as well, Jeff Easton. Thank you so much for joining hey us guys, today. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Good. We're excited. We just sat down watched the episode Damn. Yes. A lot <laughs>
2: happened.
1: Yeah, 12 was one of my favorites. Good. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a, I always say this about this series, in that in season one, it's about kind of like a so, slow-built episode six, seven, or eight, mm-hmm. and then right from there, it just takes off and goes down this down this hill of crap is happening. Right. And
2: Of everything, which usually is it, so good. Oh, I love it.
1: And my, my kind of synopsis for this episode is, everybody is doing things that are important except Paige. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, well, well, kind of. <laughs> you'll see that changes big time
3: next week. But okay, yeah. so her well,
2: storyline was um, very intense and like exp- expanded mm-hmm. this e- like this oh, yeah. season. Mm-hmm.
1: It kind of it kind of turned a lot of fans off with how it expanded, but it also it it, it you needed that kind of humanistic character to bring things back mm-hmm. down to a hey guys like. You need to kind of like fight for this stuff because it when they when they look at Mike and say, "Hey, you're not sentimental." And he says, oh, "Yeah, that I was I am. The
2: one so thing not. I wrote." That's so funny. I was like, "Ooh, that's Oh a my good god. Quote. I so <laughs> that's literally all I wrote. I was like, "That was a great line because I I loved Mike's reaction to that because it was so quick and honestly, no one had said anything like that to him during the show yet. And so I was happy like he got buttered about it.
1: So <laughs>
2: <laughs> He did. He got a little buttered about yes, it. He did.
1: Okay, so um, I like the episode. We're going to go ahead and break it down. First things first, I'm going to go ahead and break down Briggs. So it opens with Briggs. Let's go ahead and just knock him out real quick. So it opens up with him alone at Graceland, kind of walking up to a window, talking to Charlie through the glass. Mm-hmm. She thought he'd run. Everything about his character says he'd run. His go-bag last season, were, they were, he was almost on the verge mm-hmm. of being discovered as Odin. Um, and he just says, I'll always stay for you because right. you're the reason he stayed in the first place. Really, Briggs, you were about to get the hell out of there last season. So. He <laughs> <laughs> I mean.
2: was, and then Charlie's tears made him stay.
1: So she says he should move out, and she's not, and he doesn't get that she's not mad about Juan. She's mad that he lied to her, because it's just kind of like... The whole premise of Graceland as the, the place is a place where it, they don't need to be putting on their undercover personalities. Right. It mm-hmm. should be a place where they're all the same, they can be open with everything they're talking about. And honestly, like nobody has done that at all. <laughs> Except maybe like the first episode of the season before Mike came in, right? Mike always <laughs> they were manages. All solid. Yeah, Mike just tears crap up and makes everybody hate each other. <laughs> um, so basically, this this scene really kind of reminded me of the scene, the final scene with. Uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler warning, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, the finale of Breaking Bad. I'm not going to say any details, but mm. the the scene between Walter and Skyler, the final scene, this really reminded me of that scene where he admits to her, I thought I was protecting myself when she thought that he was going to try to pass it off as he was protecting her. Mm -hmm. And that was very reminiscent of uh, the finale of Breaking Bad. Um, But the next time we see him is he sees uh, Sid talking to the phone to Carlos, talking about how he's still back in. And he invites Briggs on a road trip to Tecate, which at this point we're thinking, okay, cool. Everything's going as planned. Right. Briggs is in. They're going to knock this out of the park. Sid's going to get arrested. But this is not the finale episode. This is the penultimate episode, which means everything has to go terribly, terribly wrong yeah. and make us cry and make Stephanie really sad.
2: <laughs> you should have seen... I, I, that was nuts. I was like, no, no!
1: <laughs> I know. it's It's
0: because
2: Sid, like, I like him because to be perfectly honest, if I was an LAPD I think that, you know, maybe I would help him out doing some of this stuff (laughs) I don't know, he seems like a cool (laughs) guy but then he bothers me because he's going against my team.
1: Well, it's so interesting how Carmine plays the Mm character. Is it pronounced Carmine? Carmine Juvenazzo, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how he plays the character because you could have gone several different ways with Sid Markham's character. It could have been this very Weasley dude, it could have been Mm. this very, like, playing it cool dude Mm -hmm. This is kind of the guy's guy. It is. It, he's, he's playing in such a way where you can really relate to the character and you can't hate the character because, I mean, we kind of, kind of now we can a little bit, mm-hmm. but like, from his perspective... Right. He's not, like, really...
2: Especially after the background story that he told us. The fact that it came from somewhere, mm-hmm. not just, like, trying... To, I'm not trying to be a bad cop. It's just that I, I made a relationship with this person. Oh, sorry. That was no, a story. Okay. I made a relationship with this person and decided to continue to help him. They're helping each other out. I think what helps uh, Sid also is that he has this kind of, like, swag
1: to him. Mm-hmm. He's charismatic. He's yeah. very charismatic. He's
2: charismatic, but he's also cool. He's cool like he's not like you, he's not a weez or anything like that right. like he's just a cool guy he's slick he's smart the way he talks <laughs> well, everything Carmine about him.
3: Right, Carmine and I had worked together uh, one of my actually my first tv show was Shasta McNasty back in 98 with and, uh, Gary
1: Busey's son right uh, yeah
3: Jake Jake and uh, Carmine and um, and Dale and Carmine, he was a star and, you know, at the time, I mean, he's a really good actor. And then he went, you know, and was on uh, CSI for years after Shasta, because we we did a season and out. And the thing is, I, I just knew how good he was. And we'd been wanting to work together for, you know, a few years or several years. And the thing is, I wanted something where, it wasn't, you know, he's going to come into a guest appearance on White Collar. I wanted something that was a little meaty for him. And mm-hmm. finally, you know, Sid came up and, you know, we met and uh, I talked to Carmine. We, you know, we've, again, known each other for years. And I, just, I know what he's capable of. And the one thing he said was, you know, I want to... Really dimensionalize this guy, and you know, and uh, you know, we talked about it. And the one, the one thing that was nice was to really create, you know, kind of a sympathetic bad guy, a guy that you sort of understand. I wanted at a certain point you kind of go, you know, we wanted the idea of him sort of teaming up with Briggs to be like a real option, like Mike's being a dick,
0: and mm-hmm. you know, it's like, <laughs> exactly. it's like
3: you know, whatever. Page is going insane, and Charlie's angry, and it's kind of like, fuck it, I'll go over here with uh, and hang out with hang out with Sid. He's he's fun, he's cool. And one of the issues we had with the network was as we got closer to the finale, it's like. We've got to make him like you know we, you got to turn him a little bit
1: <laughs> because God he's yes. he's too nice yeah you can't you can't have him be like he's not going to become part of Graceland right. there, there's no way for that mm-hmm. happening mm. with his with working with Carlos Solano. Um, that was actually one of the things I was going to ask you. So you mm-hmm. sought him out for this role when you yes, heard about it. He right. didn't have to audition. You recognize. No,
3: no. We had when we had Gail Pillsbury, who uh, was my casting director, who you know has done all my shows. Um, her and I were talking, and I kept saying, "We got to find something for Carmine." And it came up, and she called me about the same time and said, "What do you think, Sid?" And it's like, "Yeah,
2: perfect. perfect. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Absolutely." But,
3: by the way, can I say something going back to that first scene with yes. Briggs and Charlie? Because you you brought it up. It's funny because I'd actually. Everybody I knew was like, have you seen Breaking Bad? And I hadn't. So before the season started, I power-watched the entire six seasons in a month and a half, which was pretty wow. awesome. Um <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Well, are you kidding? I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. So the end is (laughs) amazing. Go ahead. Um, I don't
2: mind.
3: But, uh, no, the the funny part was, because I hate to admit it, because I was power watching it, I would skipped that last scene with Skylar. So when you said that, I'm like, oh, interesting, because I didn't actually see that one. Oh, wow. Uh, But now I have to go watch it again. Um, Really, what that came from is uh, Stephanie McNabb, who's my tech advisor, and uh, Sam Rifkin, who's my assistant, both were very angry at me what I'd done to Briggs over the season. And they're like, you know what? He needs to stay up and say i love this woman and you know really yeah. not run away and yeah. <laughs> so really that's where the inspiration for that, that came from no they were yelling that. at me going, you know oh my
1: gosh. all
3: the guys were like no, no get him out of there but that sounds the like women me. were like no they you know so good idea
1: well it's also kind of like you can't have You can't have the stereotype of the guy who gets the girl pregnant and then runs away. Like You can't have that again, especially in a USA show. And this is
2: even better because I I didn't expect Briggs. The fact that everything that's happening is unexpected to me, I appreciate because I didn't expect Briggs to be about it. I thought that he was Mm. just going to be angry and against it and tell her, no, we need to figure out something else or because of our job. And it's like blowing my mind right now. I'm like, oh, you see, this is why he's lovable. He murdered people and he does bad things, but No, Briggs is the good guy. I love him.
1: Well, what I really enjoy about this series is that I can go through Season 1, and even through Season 1, like up till Episode 11 and 12, I was... I I could write down several predictions that could happen, and some things would be on my list, and some things wouldn't be on my list. I can genuinely say for this season, it has been like that up until about Episode 10. Mm -hmm. Everything since Episode 10 was completely outside the realm of my expectations. So that kind of... It, it's refreshing to see in a TV show because as somebody who, like, I pick apart TV. I love good writing. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that if I predict something, it's not good writing. It's to say, I love being astounded and I like being surprised. Right. So, this, this episode and last episode have surprised me. Oh, so, I'm really looking forward to next episode and I'm really looking forward to season three. We need to get season three announcement. <laughs> right, not
3: quite. Um, I don't know, the network actually just texted me. Oh, uh, they have not finalized uh, they, they don't have an air date for the white collar final season but i uh, expect to be notified and there is no notification on our third season pick up for graceland i hope afterwards. like in
1: 15 minutes you get just
3: like that'd be here at afterbus
2: exclusively that'd be great because
3: sorry because i wasn't here last week um, i did absolutely love last, last week's maybe my favorite episode where briggs goes crazy that was just talking about the network it was a really tough sell for them it was mm-hmm. like we do an episode where, eat, where briggs goes nuts <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, look to their credit, they said, "Awesome, go for it." And then initially, off the scripts, they were like, "No, this is no, we're not going to do this." <laughs> so it was a it was a real tough fight up until the final, which they all finally really, really embraced it. So we really love it, and it worked good too because uh, we went to the screening party for that, and that's where I ran into you guys. Yes, there you so go. So the timing worked really well. Shout
1: out to uh, Chris Massey and uh, yes, Chris, all them. And, uh, very very mm-hmm. good. Yes. but uh, that was actually interesting because uh, with last episode where Briggs mm-hmm. is going crazy it it plays well with his dream sequence when he's bracking into the mm-hmm. ground because at first you're thinking well, I guess this doesn't make sense because we were we were watching with you guys at the bar right. where like we'd turn around then turn around and see things. So when I first see him breaking ground, I'm like, oh, is he digging up a go bag and he's gonna put Mike's body? <laughs> right, in where no, we do.
2: That's what cracked us up was that we managed to watch even the very last scene and knew nothing about it because yeah. when we came here the next day and watched <laughs> it, we, we were still so mind blowing Like, wait, but we saw all of this simply because we didn't hear it. Yeah, the scene so with
1: that word oh, is true. Charlie really pissed at Briggs about right.
0: hitting that. Right? <laughs> I know. That's What are you doing? You're making mess in a massive living.
1: <laughs> oh, man. it was crazy. Um, I also, while we're on the subject of mm-hmm. Sid, I did want to ask are we going to get to see Sid and Charlie interact at all? Because mm-hmm. they were on CSI New York together. Right. So I didn't know if they had any chemistry that you guys tested for, mm-hmm. for the show. No, I mean, look, the
3: reality is, look, I wish we could test for chemistry, but yeah. there's never time. I mean, we shoot the show in Florida. You know, Carmine is, well, he's either in New York or he's in L.A. And, you know, you just, you can't do it. Yeah. So, you, take, you, you know, with the main cast, yes, you do all that chemistry testing. But, you know, for, yeah, for everybody pretty. else, you just cross your fingers and hope. And once so, in a while we get really lucky. And so if, we
1: will see yeah, Charlie
3: and yeah, Sid, Sid interact? Yes,
1: you will. So. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I know. Uh, oh, because. we we'll oh. find out that Sid's really <laughs> the father. Say, yeah. oh, no. no, no, no. Get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> But it'd be really interesting to see how Charlie being the one kidnapped would interact with Sid's storyline. Well,
2: this is, yeah, this is what's going to be nuts because now I'm wondering if after her, like, ass kicking, excuse me, she, she like, what's happening well, with the baby? The baby's going to be. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: because if. You, oh, my God, guys. <sighs> I, I don't mean to go in predictions, but I do this sometimes. Right? I do this sometimes where I, like, have epiphanies and Please. things set me off. So. Sid's going to—they're on their way to the drug dealer right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if Briggs gets a call from Amber saying that we have Charlie, he's out. He's—he's he's like, we're stopping this. Mm-hmm. Like Briggs is going to stop going to Meg. He'll throw off Mike's entire thing for Carlos mm-hmm. Solano. So that's your to prediction? save Charlie.
2: Hmm. I don't know. It's one. It's not them.
3: a tough prediction. I mean, that's that it one. I would, I'd put money on that one.
2: The <laughs> reason why? No, for me though, I, I'm going to give Sid more credit because I think that. He's not gonna let anything happen that way. Like he's gonna he's gonna write it till the end. And Briggs is is not gonna know. However, I feel like Briggs might have picked up on it because I hope that he he noticed the comment that he made. He's like, Nope, Briggs is the one that's on the clouds right now. Above like, you know, where did that com- comment Wait, come from? Wait, did he
1: say the, did he say on the cloud because of the cloud leak recently? And he's saying that Briggs is <laughs> totally kidding No, because eyes. they were
2: like he works in mysterious. <laughs>
1: Preemptive like in writing ways. on you guys as part
2: <laughs> He pretty much said, actually no, Briggs is better at it than I am yeah and and Briggs is someone who he's his character identifies those types of things because it takes one to know one
1: that is true, and it does take one to know one um so going back into the episode because this is the recap um mm-hmm. so uh whatever it takes for my life is what for my kid for the kid mm-hmm. life of my kid is what Briggs basically tells Sid and this point Briggs is in. He's completely in and uh the next time we see them, literally like the next time we see Briggs and Sid together, is Sid walking up after having broken into Graceland right. mm-hmm. and seeing mm-hmm. that the photo. Picture. Oh
2: my god, with all of And then what's <laughs> what cracked me up is that I forgot that he had already had an interaction with um with Paige as well. So he sees right. Mike, he sees Briggs, he yeah. sees Paige and it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my god, that's so many people already on my you right. know, on just, top of me. Can I
3: just say this is one of those things where not to not get to complain, cause I, We have really we have an amazing cast and an amazing crew, but once in a while you know, it's one of these where in the script we described it as kind of like, you know, the refrigerator and like you've got your buddies and all the pictures. It should have. So initially it was supposed to be like a photo of Briggs and Mike and, you know, Johnny's over here playing baseball, you know, basketball or something. Yeah. And instead we get like that one big full frame, like the, the you know, the full house opening.
2: Exactly. <laughs> like, it's a family I shot. We're,
3: and we're like, who took this picture? what point did they all get dressed, go down to the beaches as undercover agents in pose? <laughs> you know? uh, and pose? And who took the picture? Uh, right? um, yeah, I, I hate to say it. I think it might have been a publicity shot from USA. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like the last episode we were, because really what had happened was, um the, the idea, again, I'll, I'll give Steph, my tech advisor, some credit there, who'd suggested sit in the house at some point. Um but literally it was sort of a last minute thing, where we, you know, we said, hey, let's do this, but we already, uh, we were already several days into production, so it was really people scrambling going, how the hell do we pull this off? So <laughs> I think, I have a feeling they called USA and went, did you have a shot of the entire cast? Something that looks like, you know,
2: like the, the
1: opening to mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, oh man, yep. Yeah, that's, it's it's kind of insane how it all kind of. It, it, it does. It's, and so you sort of, you
3: know, that's the difference I think a lot of times between TV and, and feature films. Because, like, on TV, I mean, it's like it's run and gun. I mean, for me, it's always oh, three yeah. episodes. I'm always, you know, we're posting, you know, the one that's coming up. We're, you know, we're we're shooting one and then we're writing the one that's, that's about to be shot. So there's always those. It's just, it's
1: a train. It's a machine, man. It's a train that keeps on running it into does. season three. Knock wood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, we're.
2: I even liked Sid's reaction when he walked into the house mm-hmm. because. Because after we see Graceland so much, we forget what it is. Mm-hmm. It's this, like, mansion in L.A. So it's like, what is this place? Mm-hmm. Because why is Mike Warren here? And so that was just, that was nuts. Well, it's
1: not it's not the place you'd expect to find, exactly. like, okay. an, a, an F, not an FBI agent, but, like, an A. Like right. Federal agent. Federal right. agent. Federal, I have
3: to give one quick shout out. So there's a shot there where you see some hands picking the lock. Mm-hmm. And again, because this came together so quickly. So Kevin Mitnick, I don't know if you knew who Kevin is. He was for the time the most wanted computer hacker in the world. Um, okay. He, you know, if you Google Kevin Mitnick, he comes up and all these things, and you know, he was he was a guy who uh, they thought he could whistle the launch codes to NORAD, and he was in prison for years and ran with the FBI. But I had met him on White Collar because I'd mentioned I used one of his books, and he literally stuck his uh, stuck his business card to my door one day, which is business card's a little lockpick kit, which is really adorable.
1: That's awesome. And uh, I called <laughs> him and I said, hey, and he's <laughs> in Vegas. Suit- and
3: he goes, What do you need me to do? And I said, Well, I need somebody who can pick a lock. We're gonna shoot the insert. We don't have anybody. And he goes, oh, I'll do it. So he drove. <laughs> so he literally picked that lock. And he literally yeah, it's Kevin's hands picking that lock. So there's your shout out. So that's oh, that really our most awesome. computer yes, hacker picking again, our lock. Only after Buzz T V would
2: you ever know that? Exactly. And the other one is
3: the lock the door we're picking is actually the the door to my office. So. <laughs>
1: And that's why it's called an insert, folks. That's why it's called an insert, <laughs> that's exactly. The, that's when you're filming pickups. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's move into Mike's trouble. Mm-hmm. So uh, Johnny's uh, putting a bunch of lighter flow on a fire. Mm-hmm. He's Mike's talking about how he's frustrated he with sit on the mm-hmm. beach. Mm-hmm. It goes Light up line. in flames. This is a big metaphor mm-hmm. for everything that's going on with the show right now, where Johnny is saying he's knowing... He, Johnny keeps saying he knows what he's doing. Right. And even later in the episode, we get a si- We get a scene between uh, Jake's and Johnny, where Johnny says, I got it all in a con- Mm -hmm. And and Jake says she's going to be the death of you. So this is a big, uh, dramatically ironic (laughs) metaphor. (laughs) It's kind of hard to say. um, Of everything that Johnny thinks he's in control of ends up going up in flames Mm -hmm. and backfiring on him. So it's really big foreshadowing for the finale where we all believe Johnny is probably going to bite it big.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
1: No, and everyone on our on our YouTube is uh, comments hmm. are saying that if Johnny dies, I'm so out, guys. <laughs> everyone who said everyone who's so passionate about a show that if a character dies, they'd stop watching. They're never going to stop watching.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, I'm not a big fan of killing characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Most characters, but, uh, you know, I mean, look, look, I was, I'm the, I'm on record as being like the biggest Shield fan in the world. And, for, can I spoil really? the Shield?
1: Never seen it, but go for it.
3: Okay. She was they, like the when,
2: spacey kind of.
3: No. no. <laughs> it's Sean Ryan's, uh, it's uh, Vic Mackey, the, the dirtiest cop in the world. When oh. they kill Lim, when they throw a grenade in Lim's lap and blow him up, I was out for a couple of years, I didn't watch. Wow. But then, you know, with the uh, same thing when they killed, uh, Ned Stark on, uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, I was done. Of course I came back, so... You should not watch
1: Sons of Anarchy
3: then. No, unfortunately (laughs) it's one that I didn't get to, but... uh, Yeah, Yeah, binge watch
1: that one. Season 7 coming up, I'll be hosting the after show. I can predict
3: that um, almost all of our characters will survive this season, so...
1: I'm loyal, Almost. so
3: I'm going to be
2: watching anyways. Okay. If I like Does the show, baby like count the show. as a
1: character? No, mm. you,
2: that's, that's who I thought. The entire time everyone said someone was going to die, hmm. I was like, no, please don't let it be the baby. Because what the hell is Charlie going to do with the baby in Graceland?
1: Press release goes out, Jeff Easton kills babies. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the baby. <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't know about that one.
2: Well,
1: no,
3: but oh, she can lose
2: it. That's probable because she's it's she's in her first trimester. It's such a delicate stage of of the pregnancy that.
1: Well, and we did get the scene with Charlie, and you right. know we're not talking about Charlie right now, but the scene with Charlie where she is at the person giving the ultrasound, and he says, "As long as you're out, not in distress. Exactly. If you're in distress, the baby's in distress." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to throw out a Twitter question that I was going to oh, do okay. on the interview real quick. Sure. Um dun, dun, dun. Actually, no, I, I it was one of my questions. You Never might, mind. No can I, you mind? I do
3: a quick shout out because I promised it, somebody I would totally. Okay. To Sharif Atkins who plays Agent Jones on yes. White Collar uh got this weekend in New York at his wedding, and so congratulations to Sharif and Bethany Atkins. And uh, they actually met. Um, Bethany was uh, was working as a stand-in for um, uh, Marsha Thomason on our show. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, not Marsha. I'm talking Tiffany Thiesen stand-in on our show. So that's how they met. And uh, you know, six years later, they're getting married. So, Aww. so
1: yeah. if your show had not lasted seven seasons, we don't know what would have or six happened. Six seasons, that's exactly.
3: So. Shout so. out to Sharif. And shout out to Sharif and Bethany. And congratulations, congratulations. congratulations. And also in Manhattan, I got to say, a shout out to the beautiful absolutely beautiful. Courtney Ivy and Clarence, so they know who uh, they are.
2: I was like, um, I'm Stephanie Georgie. <laughs> 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 um, so shout out to the Bronx. Mm, my question yes, was, <laughs> jumping
1: off of how you don't yes, like sir. to kill characters, I, mm-hmm. I, I had yes. a question that was, you basically yeah I was explaining that you don't like to kill characters in that Bello's still alive right? and a lot of people think mm-hmm. Bello's gonna make her return in season 3 and or further down the line we love Bello
3: he is, he's fantastic what's the oh, actor's name I always
2: we love him you're,
3: you're putting me on the spot and i feel terrible now um, anybody okay. that knows me Text me because I'm totally blanking on his name. I could find out. He's phenomenal. Though. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is no, absolutely Benga, Benga, phenomenal. Sorry, Banga is, is his name. Yeah, he um, and he's, he's he's captivating. He's really yeah, and it's one of those shocking things too because you know with guest cast. I mean, again, from the sort of there's a creative side of it, and then there's the practical side. And the practical side is you never know what you're going to get, and things you know mm-hmm. change and everything like that. And you know, especially because we shoot in Florida, like with the white collar, we shoot in New York, and the talent pool there is huge. And in Florida, it's you know it's somewhat limiting. I mean, we had Graceland, or I'm sorry, we had Graceland to the shows. We had uh, Burn Notice down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you had, you had a couple others, but I mean, it really wasn't, you know, a big, a big talent pool down there. We've been really lucky. I mean, uh, Banga, who played, uh, uh, you know, played Bella, who did a fantastic job. And I'm totally totally tell his name, too. The guy who played Eddie, who was the guy that shot himself. Mm-hmm. Banga's yeah. number two they was fantastic. Did. That was amazing. For a, local, for a local guy that worked down in Florida, really. He was man. just a local guy? Local guy, yeah.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And Bella was, too. that's crazy. It's yeah. so a really, really talented So, another thing is that um, I want to ask. Because we do have all these characters that we're introduced to. Mm -hmm. We have little arcs that go away for a while. Do you have it planned? Because I know this was somebody that, that told me. They said in a recent interview, told you said that you have planned out mm-hmm. basically the next few seasons of Graceland, just you know, whether it's picked up or not, right. it will be right. knock on wood. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> that you've planned it out. Do you think you, do you open up these characters with the plans to return them, or is it just in case you need to in the writing? Because no. I know we have Mike's girlfriend, right. we have mm-hmm. Solansky, we have all these people that... Right,
3: well I can tell uh, uh, I can tell a Zelensky story. Um, <laughs> well, I'll be careful what I say. But Actually,
2: um, no, we'd love to know that, because we are like, what happened to, what happened
3: to him Okay. Because um, I, I really loved Dennis, who, who the actor who played him, we thought was really phenomenal. And I'll just say there was somebody at either the studio or network who wasn't a huge fan, but sort of that's sort of what happened. It was just not oh, a wow. fan. And, yeah, it's tough um, because we were all huge fans. And literally, I can sort of, if I want to spoil that, the storyline there was that uh, Zelensky was supposed to continue on, and uh, there was going to be a second attempt on Mike's life, and we were going to, you know, there Zelensky. Zelensky walks into it instead, which sort of galvanized the house against Sid. And when that sort of you know came down upon high, it was like whoop, plans change. <laughs> so wow, um, you know once. And I got to say, I mean, look, as far as partners go, USA has been really fantastic. I mean, you know, the, the funny part on this is you know with with the White Collar, um, you know, or, or the rest of the shows, White Collar is a very sort of happy show. You know, it's kind of a family show without trying to be. And um, when I came to Graceland, I'd written it already. It's an NBC show um, that I'd written a few years ago. And it was always really dark and stuff. And when USA had come to me and said, "Hey, we'd like to do it," I was like, "No, no, you don't," because <laughs> <laughs> no, I want the heroin and I want all this horrible things to happen. And they were like, uh, we're, we're cool with that. And I'm like, no, you're not. Have you guys watched yourselves? <laughs> um, you know, I was like, I don't want to run that through the sort of blue sky filter. Um, and they're like, no, uh, we're, we're fine with them. Really? Heroin and, you know, torture yeah. and rape and everything. And they're like, nah, no, character's welcome, baby. You know, let's, let's go for it. So they've That's been awesome. really good. And so, the, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll put their foot down once in a while and we'll get into these fights. But for the most part, you know, they've been really good. But Zelensky was sort of a, he was sort of a casualty of that. Uh, that, that infighting but it really did sort of leave us in a lurch on a couple of our storylines that's happened before um, and that one was tough because like going into episode 8 um, Charlie's really angry about Sid and um, you know at the beginning of that, she's like I want to kill this guy he's a bad cop and stuff like that and that was sort of our like oh god because it was supposed to be literally he killed Zelensky, the bastard. We want him. And suddenly there was all this anger that really felt oh. unjustified. So that was that was sort of a tough a t- a tough movement for us. And we were kind of scrambling to to shift things around. So there you go. Um, that's I insane I just like
2: imagine reality. the scenes right now with, <laughs> with Zelensky dying and everything. Oh,
1: yeah. You know, I I do. But at the same time, I really like where the series went instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I look, mean sometimes... Still, yeah, yeah,
2: it worked out.
3: Exactly. It, I mean, and things change. But to, to answer your earlier question, yeah, we plan a lot of these things. Um... You know, uh, you know Dan Shattuck, who's who's going to be you know my number two next year. um, He and I actually at the beginning of the season had sat down together and literally just started. We took each character and said, "Let's, what do we do?" And like for example, Paige was interesting because in season one, you know, uh, she was
2: like the vixen and whatnot. Well,
3: she came in late. I mean, she was not Mm -hmm. who we'd originally you know cast. She came in late and we hadn't really like blocked out a storyline for her, so she kind of just you know got filled in here and there. And um, you know, each year, you know, because when I had originally pitched the show. Um, you know, Daniel Daniel Sunjata was not, you know, who had in mind. It was like, you know, I wanted Patrick Swayze from Point Break. That's what <laughs> you know, in this script. Yeah. He's described with long Comanche hair. You know, and then Daniel came in and kind of blew us away. But you know, Briggs was originally kind of this, you know, dark, introspective guy. And Daniel's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Daniel. You know, and just kind of blew us away. So it took me a while to learn how to write for him. And the oh, same thing. Charlie God. took a while to learn how to write for Vanessa, and you know I hadn't really figured Serinda out at all. And then we finally, you know, kind of cracked it, and you know she ended up with one I think the best storylines we had this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her and Johnny got really fantastic storylines. I think. Oh uh, my
1: God, Johnny's storylines. Yeah, Johnny's great. And
3: that one, uh, if I can tell. Uh, A little out of school story here, Um, because I usually I sit down and I meet meet with every each of the actors. And with Manny, we were hanging out on Abbot Kinney down in Venice, and I said, "What do you want to do?" And he goes, "Man, just I want you to like push me, push me to a limit." And I go, "What's the limit for you?" And he's like, "I don't know, man. Let's like, I don't know, maybe like make out with a dude or something." (laughs) I'm like, "Really? Um, Okay."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. I
3: was like, "Okay, that's what you want to do." It's like (laughs) done. (laughs) You done? done. So we kept pushing it. I mean, you know, this year you got to you know have (laughs) play show with a gun barrel, so you know
2: the best that's that's the it's, it's the perk of, the work of working with with eager actors no, no it, anything you to do no it's really want. good
3: to really you know and, and and i mean you know manny who i think well I, the whole cast i think is exceptional but mm-hmm. i mean manny especially this year like last year the one thing usa had said coming into it is you know we do have a really good ensemble let's let's embrace it so that's mm-hmm. i think you see that this year this we said hey these are you know
1: the actors get to act exactly right. they get to yeah. do everything they need to mm-hmm. and uh We'll, we'll actually get into this more in the, uh, in the Creators and Showrunners interview that we'll be doing directly after this. Guys, check that on YouTube as well, and we're also going to upload that to the podcast for Graceland as well, so people don't miss out on it. But let's move back into the thing. Sorry, sorry, yes. No, no, I, the I love the insight. Like, it's amazing to kind of understand what goes on behind the scenes here. So, um, let's see here. Da-da-da-da-da. I keep doing that. So um, Mike's, Mike's just ta- reminiscing about how he's crazy, how the buses mm-hmm. have turned into cartel and crooked cops. Jake's doesn't think they're cro- close, and Mike talks about how they took $3 million. So now we know the number for that. Um, I don't know, does, does, John, does Mike mean at this point that he took $3 million and that uh, Amber has half of it? Or that was $3 million and Amber has three more million? Am- no, it was,
3: Sorry, go ahead.
2: I, was gonna, I, I know the I answer. Know, I know. <laughs> I, I'm all trying to answer, ahead. <laughs> Although
3: you may be correct. We may have screwed something up. But no, the, the original idea was that Sid had $3 million in those boxes and that you know, as the second that uh, that she takes them, it's out of those boxes so now Sid can come back and they're looking at evidence going mm-hmm. well, there's $3 million sitting here. Okay. Yeah. Um, you want to claim it? And he can't claim it, of course. Yeah. So of course. he's sitting there staring at these empty boxes. So yeah, and so Amber has sort of an unspecified amount sitting out there. It's whatever she can get that bag. Really.
1: Okay, so, so we don't know mm, at this correct. point. So, uh, Sid knows that he. So Jake's comments that Sid knows that he's coming, and Mike shouldn't be so sure, which is also foreboding. It's like right. Sid's going to do everything in his power to not be caught. Well,
2: why I love Jake's, I feel like he's the only level-headed. He's so smart,
1: <laughs> right? He's mm-hmm. so
2: smart. The only issue he's ever had is with him and his son, and that's
3: mm-hmm. it.
1: Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brandon
3: J McClans. Yeah. Who now he came in right? Yeah, he's no. been he's in been here
1: twice such a nice guy oh, he is, he's a I guy. actually I actually met up with him at mm-hmm. um, at the Morph- Morphicon oh, oh really <laughs> I'm, one of my huh. friends from North Carolina does toy reviews hmm. and I met up with him there and I was like what is this and then I see a stand with Brandon's face and I'm like Oh yeah, Red <laughs> Rangers, right? <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of really yes. I crazy. forgot about that. Yeah, we give him sh- hell about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Red Ranger, go! <laughs> um, so he has a great line where he says, Survi- "Surviving is a greater ambition than winning." Mm-hmm. Um, the next time we see Mike, he's working with Charlie a little bit, but then he's standing in the stone building, which is the HQ. Uh, his handler brings him into the office, and Sid's in the office. Basically, we find out that Sid is pressing charges and indicting Mike mm-hmm. as. N- misusing the resources right. being taking the money out of Sid trying to circumvent the fourth amendment through uses of mm-hmm. Amber
2: this like, is the part that makes me mad about him too because I was like damn it you're smart
1: God. you but don't want I'm a happy, stupid villain though no, exactly. well I know of
2: course but that's, and then I was happy at least that the the other commander guy was like okay if you're going to showboat it's like good shut his ass up
1: well the other commander guy is on Mike's side right. He, right. Would, Clark, yeah. he Mike is being such a dick to Clark mm-hmm but like
2: to everybody Clark
1: is still like got his back because mm-hmm. so, Clark could have shut Mike down long ago mm-hmm. but he's not because Mike is telling him to trust him even though Mike's being a total dick about it mm-hmm. Sands so like yeah man god I don't know um. So, Sid and Mike get in a fight outside. Of course, obviously, Sid is provoking Mike. Mike is just mm-hmm. dumb to take the bait. Slips the tracker mm-hmm. in his pocket. I don't know if you guys. It was a very quick scene. I don't know if you guys caught that. Yeah.
3: Well, that was funny because in editing there was a big debate because originally there was two shots of him digging around in the pocket, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! It's like if Mike's like, "What are you? You put know, <laughs> your hand out my pocket." <laughs> well, good. So, yeah, we ended exactly. up with one. But that <laughs> was a big. That was one of those big, you know, <laughs> network discussions. The know.
1: alternate scene yeah. where he's digging in the pocket, and mm-hmm. then suddenly they start making out. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. I gotta
3: say, I love just just Carmine's reaction to that first. Punch is one of my favorite things. So oh, with just, where with he, where he doubles him over with the gut. pillow. Yeah. Oh, was great. Yeah. It's
1: such a it's such, a, and even like those two characters, great chemistry. <laughs> like it's yeah. so mm. weird. I mean, um,
2: Aaron Tveit is absolutely magnificent. So
1: and then we see Clark just looking. at him like.
3: Like right. early, yeah, he always gets a good laugh from me in that show. He looks back
1: and he's like, oh, "Jesus." Man. I know, and he's, I know,
2: that was so good. He didn't have to say anything. They had mm. stopped, and he's like, "You're an idiot. You knew exactly what you did."
1: Yeah. So said. Mike's fixing his wound, and uh, she mention Charlie mentions the black guy. He says, "This is an echo, a reminder mm-hmm. of something in the past." Mm-hmm. So that's me. Right before we get.
2: I don't know why I'm assuming anyone's going to be contacting me right now.
3: No. Well, I literally, I don't know. This is all—all all this is the cast who's been texting me lately. <laughs> Apparently, they like tonight's episode.
1: So. Right, right, right. As we mentioned, an echo reminder of something in the past. This is where um, Mike says that we do have to do what we have to do, Charlie, even if it hurts. Mm-hmm. Charlie walks away, comes back with the, tape. the tape, and I'm sitting there like, no, no, what Wait, are you no. doing? No, because you know. Briggs deserves to have that tape go to Mike. Briggs deserves to get taken down. But Briggs is so amazing, and he's great, and a character in the show, so you just... Well, it doesn't matter, but it was, it was good
2: because at least Charlie said that, you know, it's the father of my child, I can't do it, like, just be careful. I think that maybe Mike, and I'm happy that Mike identified that as an accident when he heard the tape first, so he's not just, like, angry inside, he's just, he's trying to figure it out for himself. That, I mean, that's just a big deal, though, because they they know what the circumstances are.
1: This, this episode was especially good with the uh, exposition in the scenes with mm-hmm. their dialogue, because yeah. it was a very dialogue-heavy episode, right. as opposed to where usually we have the chases and the, mm-hmm. the two missions that go awry. Like, aside from Charlie's, there was no real, like, smash-and-grab action, aside from the punch with Sid. So I do want to mention this scene that was right before the scene with Charlie, where Mike is talking to Briggs, mm-hmm. and this was, like, a very... <laughs> It's an interesting scene to see where every line plays on Mike, and how one character's talking about one thing, the other character's talking about another thing, but it makes sense all around. Um, who wrote this episode, by the way?
3: Uh, Dan Shattuck, who's, Dan Shattuck. Again, who's fantastic. Yeah, Dan and I kind of, yeah, we played off the last couple of years, so yes.
1: Really good. Dan's, so Briggs is yeah. consoling Mike, telling mm-hmm. him about, you've got to weigh the pros and cons, and as long as you're in the black, you're good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you've got to weigh the damages. And Mike asks, if you can't tip the scale back to your advantage with a victory, and what do you do? And Briggs says, that's where atonement comes in. Right. So we see Briggs couldn't tip the scales back with Charlie, so right now he's trying to atone. And then Mike is at that point before... And it's in more ways than one, because with Briggs, his atonement comes from he's been lying to Charlie the entire time, and he couldn't tip the scales back to make her believe him, and now it was too far gone when he confessed. Mm -hmm. We have the same thing going on with Mike and Paige, Mm -hmm. and we have the same thing going on with Mike and Sid. It's... Well, career-wise and, and emotionally, and we'll see if wise. it
2: happens between uh, Lucia and Johnny. Johnny yeah.
1: yeah, like everyone has their scales at this mm-hmm. point in the show. Yeah, it's well, with, yeah, that'd make a t- good title for the finale, actually. Scales. But you're
2: welcome.
3: Conceptually, you know, I mean, that was a lot of it. I mean, Mike and Briggs were always designed just, you know, for me. I always found it interesting that if you took, you know, I, I, I've said this before, but the f- the first season was there's a Chinese curse that says, you know. I don't know if it's a curse it's just a Chinese proverb I guess it says if you set out for revenge dig two graves right and so that was sort of the idea of it which is you take Briggs and you kind of throw all this crap in his life and you know sort of mirrored some stuff I was going through personally but it's like it's not the stuff that gets thrown at you but then how you react to it and so the idea was to take two people throw almost identical things at them between Mike and Briggs and sort of see how they react differently and Mm -hmm. you know Briggs Reacts one way, Mike reacts another. But really, I mean, you know, Mike is sort of the shadowy reflection of Briggs. I mean, that's you know, he's sort of stepped behind him. and again, they were, you know, same scores at Quantico, and they've always you mm-hmm. know been right behind. And really, that was the, the idea to sort of this exploration of you know, just it's like the yin and yang, case. but exactly. where they meld on the where, edge, where, yeah, yeah, where they where they overlap on that, just to see the, see the difference and see sort of who survives and who doesn't. Well, they've
1: I, kind of flipped. They flipped mm-hmm. their positions at the beginning of the season, and now they're kind of flipping into both having new areas where they're exploring because yeah. Briggs is getting more emotional than he's ever been in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And Mike is getting more um, knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. He's not as he's not as thoughtful with his actions. Mm-hmm. He's not as um, he's not that sentimental. <laughs> that's not what I mean. Um, calculated. Mm-hmm. He's not being as calculated right. because he's acting upon impulse as opposed to. Things like that. I mean, pages. Acting they, I was just going right?
0: to say, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. What's <Well>, <laughs> interesting you,
1: you, you brought
3: up that one particular line where Charlie says, "Because you're not sentimental, Mike," and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I am." Uh, and because in editing, I debated a long time whether to keep that line. Because uh, for me, it was this big debate: Does Mike think he is, or does Mike know what he is? And so ultimately, we went to keep it. Mm-hmm. Decided that Mike's got a little less. Uh, you know, he, he's probably a little more self-deceptive than than he than he believes. And right. So.
1: Well, also in an interview you did with Forbes, you mentioned mm-hmm. that um, you said that a lot of this season is going to be based on who Mike is to Graceland and right. yeah. who he is and as a character this is really like he's trying to find out who mm-hmm. he is right. and when he answers that question he realizes her reaction to mm-hmm. it it kind of <laughs> right I enlightens him slightly <clears throat> mm-hmm.
2: i love how he says it though i don't i thought it, it was just i don't know i mean i i understand it was three it was four words or three words yes i am but he just did it really well. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things where people, they don't like to, I mean, this whole time he wants to be seen as tough, but the moment that he has an actual moment with one of the people in the house with Charlie, he's, you see him getting like emotional about it, but when she throws that in there in a time where it shouldn't have been thrown in, that's why he felt some. he felt that way. He felt, you know, not comfortable or almost not competitive, but just, no, but I am. Yes. Huh? Mm-hmm. Like he wants to be the sensitive he wants it.
3: to but yeah exactly and that's what I mean you know because we you see it with Mike episode 6 where Paige gets kidnapped and there's that moment when he sees her picture of there and he smashes the computer mm-hmm. and, uh, th- th- we've sort of layered those in I mean there's there's a something that I can lay out um, that I realized because we ended up cutting a lot of it but it's Paige's music box that Jake gives her mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but if you're a white collar fan um, as Matt Nix one time Creator of, uh, <laughs> creator of Burnout has said to me he goes when you were a little girl did you always want to do a show about a music box which music boxes figure very heavily in white collar and I had to add one in Graceland but uh, he gives you know she's uh, she's given uh, now that we're far enough into the season um, Jake's has given Paige that music box which doesn't work and then later she says it's working again mm-hmm. and the scene that was cut out was Mike fixing the music box oh,
1: um, wow. that he
3: did after Lena's death which was sort of his acknowledgement of himself. that makes, it
1: and, makes so much more sense right, now when he, she said it's better when it's broken, broken right. because it wasn't tainted by
3: exactly, exactly. And she part of her guest or knew, it's like Lena died, and this was Mike's atonement for that. Exactly. And we ultimately lost it just because we we people weren't tracking it and it's something I'd wanted to lay in and stuff like that. She'd so rather
2: go. it be broken and know mm. that, okay, so there's a possibility right. that Lena's alive, but since it's fixed, we know he's she's admitting dead. to me Correct. that she's alive. Wow.
3: Dead. Yes. And that's one of those things where there you go. Now at least somebody will know in the world why the music box got fixed. <laughs> oh,
1: dude, that's that's awesome. Because I was wondering, like... Mm. Did, what the
3: hell's this music box? But
1: we still found meaning in her saying it was better when it's
3: broken. Right, we did. It ultimately worked without seeing Mike repairing it, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it was literally Mike Sort of Mike's own admission to himself that he still has a soul.
1: Well, I do have to. I do have to take a break right here just to mention that if you guys want to buy your own music box, you should go ahead and go to Walmart and buy your own music box because at Walmart you can use this thing called the Savings Catcher today, which will save you tons of money on everything you buy. What you do is you go to Walmart, buy everything you need, and just take that receipt right home with you, and you don't have to search all over the place for the lowest prices because honestly, Walmart got you covered. Right, boo. Right, boo. Damn okay. right.
3: I gotta say, I love Walmart.
1: There you go, Jeff <laughs> I'm Easton. I'm from
3: Colorado, man. That's where we shop. That's
1: where you get everything? I mean, they got get They got good food now. They're a lot better now. Anyway,
3: you had, them ni- you had the w- nice Walmart. We didn't have food. <laughs>
1: But like even if you're buying groceries, even if you're buying a vacuum cleaner, even if you're buying furniture, take your receipt home from Walmart, scan it with Walmart Savings Catcher, which you can find at Walmart Saving Walmart.com slash savings catcher or download the app. And what it will do is it will find all of the items that you bought online in your from competitors in your local area, and if anyone had a price that was lower than what you bought it for, they will credit you with an e gift card on your account to spend at Walmart for more. So like if you buy a hundred fifty dollar vacuum, Walmart Savings Catcher finds it for one hundred somewhere else. you get $50 gift card right off the bat you don't have to search any other place with
2: the quickness you get that e-card with the quickness you don't have
1: to drive to that other supermarket that's like 5 miles away you can just go to Walmart get it for the cheapest price there but guys definitely check that out go to walmart.com slash savings catcher today and get your savings and guys I think now would be a good time to go ahead and do iTunes shout outs how about that iTunes shout outs alright so let me load up my iTunes guys you need to go to iTunes and you need to search After Buzz Graceland, and you need to give us five stars and subscribe yeah. to the podcast because that makes us more searchable, that makes, we get, that makes us able to get amazing guests like Jeff Easton. Can I, I mean, that? what do we do now that we've peaked, though, Steph?
2: <laughs> Nothing. We keep going. You we go, go, go strong. Back to, go back
1: to Brandon. Though. I'll tell you what we do. We, ge- we have
2: in-studio next Brandon. week with you guys. Oh, we do. I'm so excited. Yes. In-studio with Latinos. us next week.
1: We have the brother and sister duo themselves, Eric Valdez and Jamie Gray of course. Lucia My cousins are Solano, coming in. Your cousins, right? <laughs> Um, I because I thought they were going to be here this week. I know. I know. Those Solano, hey, I, I've never met them, because we shoot in Florida. I rarely get to meet these actors. It's amazing to, to me to know that like you have never no. met some of these people. Not at all. But if you guys want to listen to the show, you need to go to iTunes, rate, right, and subscribe. And shout out to Rashid Lin, who says, Best Graceland podcast out there. Perfect show companion. Five stars. Prince of awesomeness. Love I the do. insight. I like these people the way they enjoy the show. When I listen to podcasts, I get things I miss from the show. Thanks. And yeah. that FPS guy... I think Charlie is going to be no more. What Mm. does Mr. Overthinker and the girl with the quickness
2: think? (laughs) (laughs) I like.
3: And then uh,
1: another one from August 28th from AI Mm. Gal. Thankful for Afterbuzz. I feel like the majority of the time I've been watching, I'm not breathing. I'm so invested in all these characters. I'm so thankful that there's an Afterbuzz for Graceland because I have nobody to discuss the show with. So you guys are amazing. Well, now you have Jeff Easton discussing the show.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: So guys, make sure you guys do that. Thank
2: you so much for commenting. We really do appreciate it.
1: I know. Seriously, like shout out to (laughs) all you guys on YouTube, on iTunes Mm. and everything. Um, So let's just rock through this really quick so we have a little bit more time at the end because we have about 15 minutes left. Um, So when uh, Charlie gives him the tape, they listen to the tape and everything, um, she says that she still loves Briggs, which Mm -hmm. is a very important scene because we don't know what Charlie's thinking Mm -hmm. until now. Mm -hmm. She says I'm still in love with him. He's the father of my child. She's breaking down in tears and uh, she gives the tape to Mike and just passes all the responsibility onto Mike on what to do to Briggs which move Charlie but <laughs> yeah, I mean like, she's not in an emotional she's not in the state of mind where she, she can trust Take
2: care of her baby anyways it's just again this is stress this is something that
1: I just mean when you have when, when she's so emotionally unstable Anything she does has long term consequences, yep. she doesn't mm-hmm. want to look back on it and completely regret either not giving in, not giving Briggs up or mm-hmm. giving him up. Mm-hmm. So she gives him at Mike, the end
2: of the day, it's the father of her child. Exactly. Like come on.
1: So Mike says he has to arrest sit at the border, he's arresting Briggs too, he can just keep his cover and just keep him. And Charlie says to be careful. And on the outside, this line is be careful when you're going to arrest them, but on the inside, it's be careful because you're f***ing with Briggs now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every time Mike has come head-to-head with Briggs, <laughs> he's not sense, yeah. come off yep. unscathed. Mm-hmm. Um Sid breaks... This is the next thing we see with Mike's storyline is Sid breaking into Graceland. There's nobody there. Sid sees the picture of Paige and everyone Wikes, walks into Mike's room and takes Mike's gun to potentially frame Mike's uh, gun for the murder then, of yes. Briggs. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I mean... That was all. Mar- yeah, that, mean, was all, uh, right. that was all. Well, really, speculation I think, at that point.
2: Right, but I well, just to bring Mike down. Whatever it is, it's just it's like.
3: Mm. Go
1: with
2: F with one. me, I'm to F with you. Yeah, <laughs> bring That's Mike my, down. Just versions. bring Mike down. Yeah.
3: Did anybody predict here that uh, Charlie had the tape? I'm curious. No,
2: nope. that was no. You mm. should if. Yeah, we freaked the F out last week because we we're, were like, that's the last person! The last person! That's
1: probably the reason why it was so I've been damn so good. into it since then. Really? like,
2: But it makes sense. That's the reason why I loved it. Because it wasn't like, wait, that's random. No, it makes perfect sense because she was the one that was digging into it before. So then that's why LAPD would have called her right. rather than anyone else. And then it makes it safer because it doesn't get blown out of proportion. Briggs doesn't get caught all the way. I mean... But that was just, that was nuts. And I still can't believe how she kept it together.
1: Who's, uh, how far back did you guys decide that?
3: Uh, into season one. Really? Yeah. Wow. We the
1: good stuff.
2: The whole so. time? To- the whole time? Oh, no, that's... Yeah, once,
3: it, once it came, I mean, look, yeah, once we had the tape, we, you know, it wasn't planned before that, but once we had the tape, it was really... You know, it was me. You know, uh, me, Dan, and um, and Ryan, who uh, Ryan Scott, who's one of our one of our writers. It was us sitting over dinner after dinner after dinner. You know, the obvious things were oh, Sid gets it to blackmail him and things like that, which were just so boring. And mm-hmm. it really was just okay. Logically, let's think about what's the most interesting. And it was like, well, if Charlie's pregnant and she's got the tape, that's pretty interesting. I think it it's great it because so it,
1: it's one of those things where it's like you sit three th- three editors in a room. Mm-hmm. Everything they come up with is everything what a smart TV watcher would come up with. It takes hours and hours of probably three smart people to get that one outside the box idea yeah. that you that makes sense and it just makes perfect. sense. That's the key. Right. You know, yeah. when you come up with something outside the box. Oh yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. and then yeah, what if no, aliens? It was, was actually perfect. Mike's girlfriend right. from season one who has the tape exactly. now. Right? Right. Yeah, that's a surprise. Nobody predicted. Everyone that. was thinking it was Zolanski somehow <laughs> was the one who was the mole in the house before we met mm-hmm. Sid. Right. Because Sid was the one character that we were kind of kind of randomly introduced to but we needed that we needed that cuz there was no real no real arch villain at this point right. mm-hmm. in in the series in not in the series but in the season because they were focusing on other things which makes sense. So let's move on to Johnny and the cartel. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the storyline. Yeah. Me too. I'm I'm not getting enough Carlos Solano though. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: He's
1: he's a phenomenal he is actor. Really good. I, know, I love that. Yeah, Nestor is a Nestor's, a, Nestor's I didn't amazing. know.
2: I'm. I didn't. I'm so happy of how well he speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. For me, that's well, a huge deal. De- is long. it really?
3: That's interesting. But well, I mean, he's really. It's Hispanic. No, I know that. But,
2: <laughs> but there's plenty of actors and I don't want to like name names, but there's some actors that sometimes when they speak you can tell like the the accent isn't like their dialect or sometimes some of the words that they say. Mm. You you can tell. You can tell if someone speaks mm. Spanish or not. It's I I I'm it's my second language, so like I it's I always pick up on that and it pisses me off when they when someone casts someone that's like, Bro, like at least make them practice their their second language some more so that it's believable <laughs> right. instead of these Americanized Spanish people that are doing it. So but no, I thought
1: it was great. Speaking between Mexico and America right now, I gotta ask, <laughs> is it just a cinema standard to make everything like orange, really orange? And,
3: <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I think that was uh, you know, like look, look, traffic's one of my favorites and I think <laughs> when I was talking to my DP actually knows it's my editor, Doug, who kinda I think came up with that, uh, dropped, dropped that color filter on there and it just sort of stuck with us. But yeah, it was a little throwback to traffic. Mm-hmm. But yes, or you guys didn't know it's well, like Breaking we're Bad
1: you, does it too. Oh,
3: do they? Uh, no, that's true. I guess they did. I think ours is a little. There's a little more. Uh, like, looks like a little post, but it does bleaching process. Ours has more of a mm-hmm. you know crabby yellow filter on it. But like, uh, tobacco feels, filter
1: feels humid. Yeah.
2: yeah,
3: exactly. When you actually call Mexico, really is when you go down there. It's like it, the air is saturated with yeah. you know sodium vapor lamps. And that's wow. no, that's, that's not true at all. <laughs>
1: all right, so Johnny <laughs> the Cartel but it does
2: look different. I get
1: it. <laughs> so Johnny <laughs> the Cartel, they're going through another package drop. I'm mm. going to just rush this really quick. Oh. Um, Johnny he's talking about how much he hates the desert which is kind of funny Um, and he says your Mexican ass ass is of the desert he's he's from from Long Beach man I'm from Long Beach which is funny because Manny actually is from Long Long Beach Beach, Um, you can
2: tell he reps it that way it's
1: 20 million we get a little bit more on Carlos where the guy's like you don't cross if you know Carlos Solano you don't cross Carlos Solano Mm -hmm. and this actually plays more to Eric Valdez's character Carlito because if Carlito's about to cross Carlos Solano I don't think he's going to survive the season (laughs) Um, so Jake's and Johnny are marking the marking the bills. Uh, they're talking about counterfeits. I didn't quite understand that conversation.
3: Which one the uh, conversation where? The, oh, right, well, right. Yeah, it's literally just. I mean, the, the, the short version of that is, you know, they've got the money, and you know, ultimately to catch Sid, they need to have the money that they know has come from. Yes. So, uh, f- from Carlos to Sid oh so not so
1: counterfeiting mark- in the sense of creating new bills no, 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 but it's, it's, not replacing. it's
3: literally just marking Yeah, it's okay. real bills just, they just marked
1: them alright and then uh, so Paige enters that's a little scene we get Paige I'll talk about that soon Jakes and Johnny at their place in this crappy motel mm-hmm. they're waiting for Sid to be in custody <laughs> and Johnny is just like making weird comments that are like trying to get Jakes to leave and right. Johnny looks a little guilty and, John- and Jakes is just like right. really? I know and he's like, I don't want Lucia at that house, bro. <laughs> uh, so he's basically kicking Jake's out, out. so he can sleep with Lu- mm-hmm. not, you know. And I well, mean the, yeah, yeah. Um, he wants to put a sock on the door. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he wants her in the morning there before the the deal goes south because mm. she doesn't want her at the house when the cops are going in, busting her, her potentially getting shot in the crossfire. Exactly. And this is where Jake says, the girl's going to be the death of you. And this is where Johnny says, I got this under control. Next time we see is Lucia talking to Carlos Solano. And she wants to access the trust that she has because she wants to take the money out before she runs. He won't let her. And he says that maybe you should get your own job if you want money. <laughs> Lucia says, "Well, where are you going to be when both your kids leave you? Where's your Where's your standard going to be mm-hmm. then? Um, this is the account. Yeah, this is where Jake's is actually meeting Carlos for the very first time, and they bring the twenty million in these big plastic buckets. Honestly, I would bring twenty million. Get those from Walmart. You know?
2: Yes, you, you can. can. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if they're cheaper somewhere else, they will give you any e- gift card. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I hate. I hate that. Were you, gonna, you were about to say you'd carry twenty million. If I was going to carry twenty million dollars, I wouldn't do it in clear." things like that, because I wouldn't want people to know that You're I'm carrying $20, $20 million. million dollars. A
3: little more cinematic, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. um, so, uh, Solano has the old, has new briefcases prepared mm-hmm. with old money mm-hmm. that they pay them in, as opposed to what they expected. He would just pay them out of the money Correct. they brought. Right. So, this is money that is not marked, so the deal would have gone south. So, Johnny decides to distract him with talking about a horse. He's going to see a guy about a horse.
3: guy yeah, about a horse, yeah. And mm-hmm.
1: um, he tells Jakes to quickly switch it. While Jakes is switching it, Carlito comes up <laughs> says perfecto (laughs) carlito's got a gun on him he's acting all crazy because he's crazy says the hospitality from his father doesn't transfer on to him and carlito kind of says that carlos won't be around forever what do you do and he's like well i take whoever cuts my checks Mm -hmm. and then jake just says well for now carlos is still in charge right Mm -hmm. drop the mic walks away uh carlos calls sid and this is where we get that and Carlito and Sid yeah. are working to Together. take Together. down right.
3: Carlos. Carlos, yeah.
1: So things are getting crazy on all um, fronts, and he says things might have to change. Right. And this makes me think they're trying to use Jake's in something as well now, mm-hmm. which... Well, possible. Uh, I'm um,
2: wondering if Sid will get upset because he already didn't like how Carlito did things. I understand that now it's working towards him, but... Carlito's like you know some things have changed it's like you can't like the heist man you can't change plans at the last minute but
3: Mm. well yeah I mean keep in mind that Sid's just lost three million dollars now Carlos is paying him his usual fee which will add up very slowly Mm -hmm. so if people ask why so he wants
1: his one big then probably out yeah
3: and maybe the son might provide that big one and out that's what that's why they've sort of gotten in bed together
1: and if you look at if you look at when you're in the black, you're weighing mm-hmm. the scales and you need that mm-hmm. one big victory to push you over you and might,
3: yeah, you going to sit. Crazy occasionally, yes. yeah.
1: That's that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, So we have uh, we get Johnny and Lucia talking about the Southern Cross Constellation. They look like such a couple. Don't they? Yeah. Uh, she wants to live under the <laughs> Southern <laughs> Cross and he tells her about the motel and they say tomorrow morning, room 9. And when Lucia shows up asks to... Uh, Wait, what? What? I, the didn't, way, I didn't get my in, in notice. That part, right. We
2: see that Johnny's overlooking again because the same Mona Lisa conversation happens right. with her in the Southern Cross. <laughs>
1: he's like, he's I've like, seen it. Yeah. yeah, and it's
2: like, <laughs> no, that. it's not the same thing. So you're really not getting it. It's almost as if he's not understanding the whole picture, which is why it might get him into mm. trouble.
1: So she asks if he needs money. Right. And she says she has money. And Johnny's just like, what did, yes. what did you do? 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 and this is just like oh. when you see that briefcase you're just like oh, lucia,
2: oh. you're an idiot
3: <clears throat> so again things that we wanted to see because there was a whole we had a whole sequence where lucia takes the briefcase and actually it's the briefcase is there and it disappears They can't figure it out we realize lucia has it
1: and oh,
3: we ran out of time to shoot it okay. <laughs> i think it works better without that
1: though yeah it works fine it, it, yeah it was good because nobody says was, how did she get it so yeah. it's fine. i mean everybody kind of knows right. you know, yeah. like she stole it from her father right, exactly. Yeah. um And she took the money that was marked. Literally, my notes say the F word four times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's where we leave off with Johnny. Let's go ahead and knock in on Paige on the the girls, because we only have a few Mm -hmm. minutes left. So, okay. So she's still hung up on Mike and Lena. She knows exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. Paige asks Mike if he'll answer honestly. And she says she, l- she understands what he did but when Sulla hit her, how did you feel? Mm. Um, and Mike tells the story of a cabin upstate he used to go hiking and he used to always see an empty fox trap with a fox's leg left in it. It's one of my favorite stories all year. So This is a great monologue I love honestly. the monologue. It's beautiful. Um, the fox not off his leg, the after is the easy part the hard part is when you have two options wait it out and die or destroy a part of yourself that may and, mm. and maybe live.
2: Another and answer for her by the way and that's why he's crying
1: yeah wait what
2: and that, for, I thought that was like another answer for her and that's why he got emotional because he wasn't talking about the slap and he wasn't he, I don't think he was talking about himself well, he was talking about himself but like yeah. but because of Lena's death
1: yeah mm. so she says he's the fox in the story because everything he does makes it about him, about him. Mm-hmm. and she says what am I the, uh, the fox and she says yeah I want you to go back in the trap exactly yep. This was an interesting scene because it has so many mm-hmm. again this episode very dialogue heavy, very exposition yeah. heavy. It's it has it applies to so many characters right now and mm-hmm. applies to so many different things that I really just don't have the time to get into right now, but <laughs> honestly like I think you can all imagine how many ways this could swing yeah. with how much she knows, how much he doesn't know she knows. Mm-hmm. At this point does Mike know that she kind of has a feeling? Yeah, he's right on the edge
3: because it, it, it
2: yeah, without humming. giving away any spoilers. they are indirectly yes. speaking to each other.
3: Yeah, we know. Well,. Like, so he has a feeling she's suspicious of himself. Well, still. yeah, I mean, in the letter, we obviously know because we know what happened. Right. We know that the letter is. Forged. Yeah. yeah, we know it is, and so Mike did it. And so one of the questions is why, though? Why did he do it? Did he do it to get away with it, or did he do it for other reasons that might have a better. Well,
1: what, rem- what it reminds me of is it reminds me of Briggs with Kelly Badillo. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's
3: the same character. It's yeah. really just taken from different points yeah, of view. because.
1: Exactly. Briggs sets up Kelly and then Mm -hmm. tells Charlie that everything's fine when it's really not. Mike sends the letter from Lena in, from, what was it, uh, Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona, and thinks that it's going to be fine and it's really not. Um, So basically we were introduced to the person who is, she's called about Lena at the airport, and the guy says, yeah, she just flew in from Kiev, and he's like, it's not Lena, she interrogates her. Okay, so this is where I have a problem with Lena's character. Lena's, okay. I mean not Lena's character, um Paige's character. Right. Okay. In that it's not a problem, it's her character flaw that you guys have obviously decided to use. Um, is that when Paige first meets the Tinkerbell, she is so attached em- empathetic to her mm-hmm. to this person she doesn't right. even know, and she's so empathetic to Lena, or even to the like the woman who she swallowed the drugs out of her own stomach. Mm. That was really gross by yeah, the way, but, Yeah, um, <laughs> but Paige When she meets this girl who's just as scared as Lena was, Mm -hmm. who doesn't know what's going on, who's trapped in an interrogation room at the airport, doesn't know, only has these boxed answers, she is being a total bitch to her. Correct.
0: She's yeah, being also, realizes
3: it's a sister I mean at this point yeah. she assumes it's just some other person who's stolen the identity and mm-hmm. but yeah but but you think about it she's doing exactly what Mike's doing which is I mean like every at one point you realize that I guess all the characters are me somehow my yeah. show I suppose yeah. but yeah people have said oh you are you're very self-absorbed it's all about you So the same thing is applying here
1: Mike tells a story and it's all about him and for Paige it's all about Paige too mm-hmm. I mean she's really coming out from her point of view. Yeah so um, talking to Elena, it's the same nickname the writing's the same except from the folding of the paper, that's right. not how people fold letters when they're sending it from in the post in Europe right, right? Or,
3: just, or just I mean most people fold them in and Paige happened to refold it out and she realized that when Mike duplicated it he did it out that was mm-hmm. her big thing I see okay, so. okay.
1: Um, so rushing through Charlie, we got we're mm-hmm. gonna wrap in probably four minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Paca, Paca,
2: Alina. Well, because they're waiting on you Russian. to start
1: virgin territories. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charlie's checking for Billy post hideout, she sees the gas tank, she follows the gas Reynolds to a guy who's making fish bowls with uh
3: <laughs> little trick and yeah. common in them. It cracks um up, yeah.
1: he calls Amber the Pixie, which mm. I think we're probably gonna hear more about later. Charlie pulls a gun on Duke, he has a number, left a voicemail and number, Mike's feeling useless, Charlie's getting an ultrasound, that's <laughs> that point. Um, Charlie's on the phone. She's she's called back, meet at Saturn Marconi at a park, meeting with Amber 30 minutes. Mike says he's going to give her a team, but you know, you never know with that. She's driving the car, pulls up behind a van that randomly stops, and at this point, I'm like, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as you see a van that stops her, yeah. you're, oh, like, yeah, no you're doubt. like, crap. Car comes van. and hits Charlie, Poor thing. kind of bashes it her around a bit.
2: her. She can't really fight back. Perfect way to do it.
1: Performs a very, very rough ultrasound on her. <laughs> they take her out. Uh, she's begging Amber mm-hmm. not to do it. She hasn't pulled the pregnant card yet, yep, um, and they drive away with her and That is the end of the episode bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. and it really is uh it's 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 great that this episode's called Echoes because this echoes the scene with Jake's dragged out of the car by the police mm-hmm. and the car left mm-hmm. open and Paige being dragged mm-hmm. off into. Um, The woman trafficking. So everything is very reminiscent of it, and that's where we get into predictions.
3: Oh, I can do some. Can I do them? Uh, (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, you have to. Um,
2: Okay, so... I I love... Okay, what we saw that's going to come up next week, I really love what Briggs is saying. He says that Graceland... We're supposed to be taking care of each other because they did lose... They lose... Sought, everyone lost sight of that, and everyone was very self self absorbed. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, so that's really good. They're going I think they're gonna come back for that. I think that Charlie won't. Use the pregnant card at all because it'll give the opportunity for them to just jab at the stomach. And whereas if she gets hurt anywhere else, you're smarter she, than
3: my writers. She,
2: uh, <laughs> but if she gets hit anywhere else, then that means the baby has a chance. So she has to be thinking about the child first.
1: Yeah, but uh, Amber's a woman. Amber's not going to punch her in the stomach if she knows she's pregnant. That's the no. Thing.
2: Amber's also Amber's a dog, dude. She's like she's a sole survivor. She has to do what she's got to do. It doesn't matter. And she got pissed. She was ready to kill somebody. Why wouldn't she do it?
1: I know, but I see people punching her in the Stomach, regardless. Like maybe. I don't feel that I don't see them working the face. I feel Amber giving a line about like I'm going to leave your face alone because I like it, like something like hmm. that. That's more with the character than oh my god, you're pregnant. I'm going to just freaking punch a baby right now because <laughs> this is an Anchorman too
2: or less mercy. And why not? You don't. It's dark. This is a dark show. Hmm.
1: It's a dark show, but <sighs> <sighs> USA has its limits. Yeah, right. punching punching babies probably isn't
3: isn't <laughs> the character as well. Character as well. Yeah. Um, Baby's not characters, yes.
1: I'm not going to save predictions to save time. Mm. Or, I'm not going to say predictions to save time. I'm going to just tell you guys that... You Wait, guys, I
2: want to hear his predictions. I can't predict yeah, Jeff can't predict <laughs> anything. I do you guys like my predictions. Make sure you
1: guys tune in next week when we have Jamie Gray Heider and Eric Valdez Institute to discuss the yes. finale of Season 2 of Graceland with us. <laughs> Jeff. You All might right. should make an appearance I'd love if you can. To. It'd be
3: great. Yeah, I think if I'm not if I'm not somewhere, if I'm flown back. If
1: I'm not somewhere, but if yeah. the somewhere is here. Exactly. you're Good. Yeah. But Jeff, no, thank you to. so much for yeah, joining. Well, us. Thank you guys. I'm really glad it. It. I ran into you today. Fun. This, this is, fun. is great. It's this this amazing. Uh, guys, follow Jeff Easton on Twitter at Jeff Easton. Simplest thing in uh, the world. Jeff Easton. And you'll I N E A S T I N. Mm-hmm. You'll see very Bro. many pictures of cute dogs, dog yeah, yeah. rescues, and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> Stephanie, where can we find um, you? You
2: can follow me on Twitter at Stephanie Giorgi, as well as on Vine and on Instagram at StephanieG47. Bye, guys. Bro. And
1: you guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, as well as doing The Strain, MasterChef, and coming up Sons of Anarchy after show here at AfterBuzz TV. Uh, make sure you rate and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. And if you stay tuned, right now interview with showrunner Jeff Easton talking about White Collar and Graceland. Sweet. Check it out. Bye.
0: From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later.